în economia partidei Delgado, acolo este va fi corner, dragi ascultători. You're listening to Radio Americana Detroit with your host, Robert Lewis. W-R-A-D, that's You're listening to Radio Americana Detroit. I'm your host, Robert Lewis, and my guest tonight is the one, the only, the incomparable, Mr. Billy Hamilton. How you doing tonight, Billy? Very good, Robert. Thanks so much for having me on. Happy to be here with you and the Radio Americana listeners. Dig it. So, you've been around for a while. You've, uh, when did you first start playing music? I started playing music in the mid-60s. Is that right? Yep, uh, when my first band in Hamilton, Ohio, they were called the Morticians. It's me and two brothers, and I had a harmony acoustic guitar with a Sears pickup on it, and the drummer had a three-piece <laughs> drum set, bass, snare, and tom, and a cymbal, mm-hmm. and the other brother had a K electric six-string guitar that he used as a bass, because you couldn't play any chords or you just played bass notes, <laughs> and we knew three songs. That's funny. I, I like hearing those old old stories about, you know, early 60s because nobody had their no, instruments. We did, we were, we there wasn't that. a music store in every corner like we there is now. We were listening to the Beatles. Right? we go down and look yeah. in the window of the music store at the expensive guitars, you know. Right, right. I, got, I got my dad to buy me a black and red Harmony Sunburst acoustic from Rink's Bargain City. Probably cost about $29. The strings were like that high off the neck. <laughs> right. And that's how I learned to play, yeah. you know. <laughs> but uh, we were terrible. We knew three instrumental songs. We had no microphones. Nobody sang. Mm-hmm. And we knew the theme from Peter Gunn. <laughs> and I think maybe <laughs> Walk, Don't Run by The Ventures. Uh-huh. And maybe an instrumental version of Satisfaction. Oh, all right. <laughs> Did you ever write write any of your own? Well, not well, not in those days. I first started to write songs a little bit in high school. Right. When, uh, oh, I was about, maybe just graduated from high school, there was uh, a music store around Cincinnati, that's around where I'm from, mm-hmm. called Buddy Rogers Music. And they had stores all over town. So they would have a battle of the bands. And they would have four semifinals in four different parts of town. And then they'd have the finals. So we were in the one semifinals in one area of town, and you would go and you could play two songs, whatever you wanted, and then the third song had to be a song with lyrics about Buddy Rogers' music. They would give you the lyrics, and you could do whatever you want with oh, right them. So we, we were unsophisticated, but we came up with a sort of a little jazzy kind of thing that was just like an A to the G, a to the G, and then we sang the Buddy Rogers lyrics, <laughs> and then we did the other two songs we did were Inside Looking Out, which was an Animals tune, then a Grand Funk tune, right. maybe somebody before right. that, right. 
And then we did do an original song that the guitar player and I wrote called You Can't Hide. It was kind of a who copy sort of song. Mm-hmm. So we won in the regional one, the, the semifinal one, and we got to go to the finals with the winners of the other competitions, and it was at the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> and the Cincinnati Zoo has an amphitheater, like a mini Hollywood bowl. Yes, So that's what we were playing. If I'm talking too much, you're no, talking. No, no, uh-huh. not at all. So, it's all about you. So uh, there was like a mini Hollywood bowl, mm-hmm. and it was outdoors, a stage and a moat, and the judges for the contest were out there, you know, da 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 Well, it happened to be the summer of the cicadas. <laughs> and Cincinnati gets those really badly every 17 really? years. Really? And well. I am the most bug-phobic person in the whole <laughs> world. <laughs> So we had to play that show outside mm-hmm. with cicadas buzzing all around. They were going up the guitar player's sleeve and down oh, wow. the drummer's back. There is an eight millimeter film of it oh, with no sound that. Uh-huh. that the guitar player's sister from yeah. years ago has. But we played original songs there. And then even though we didn't win that contest, we did get two hours of free recording time at a little tiny studio in North College Hill called Lunar Studios. And the guy that we knew who managed Buddy Rogers and had a good band in Cincinnati, Bob Monday, produced it. And it was a two-track studio, reel-to-reel. They had two tracks. We put the vocals on the drums on one track and the bass and the guitar on the other track. And we played that song that we had played at the thing called You Can't Hide. And then we played a second one that we wrote that was called, um, um, uh, hold on, what was it called? It might take me a minute to remember that. I thought I had that on the tip of my tongue. The first one was a fast one, as you can't hide. I'll think of the other one in a minute. Right on. Anyway, so we were writing original songs back then. You know, I mean, they weren't real sophisticated, but we were doing it. What were, what were you listening to back then? Ah, uh, um... I started out as a little kid listening to the 50s rock and rollers, listening mm-hmm. to Elvis and Fabian, Bobby Rydell, Frankie Avalon, the Everly Brothers, right all those guys. You know, yeah. when I was just a little kid, that's what I first heard. Right. And then when I was a teenager, a young teenager, is when the Beatles and the British invasion hit. Mm-hmm. So I was then old enough to play something, mm-hmm. you know. Before that, I would sometimes stand up in front of my classroom and sing a song or something, you know, but I don't know why my teacher would let me do that. But so then when I was 13, I got my dad to get me a guitar and started that first band, the Morticians, and trying to learn how to play because of the Beatles and the Stones and all the British bands, you know, the Kinks and the Animals, all those guys. Um, Is that how you learned about the blues? No. The British guys? No, No, not at all. We knew nothing about the blues. We didn't know anything about the blues. We didn't know where any of this music came from. Mm-hmm. The earliest music we knew was rock and roll. Right. We could get back as far as Buddy Holly and Elvis, but before that, we didn't know anything, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't know about the, the blues origins. So we started out playing like British Invasion rock, and then, you know, I played harder rock, you know. I played sometimes dance top 40 kind of music. I played different stuff over the years. Mm-hmm. In the early, let me think about this, about 1985, I moved up to Detroit for the first time. And in my car during the day, I had an old car, I had an AM radio. Mm -hmm. And I used to listen to a station called WQBH, 
which was a black-owned station, and it was a gospel station pretty much by day that was owned or managed by kind of a famous um, woman DJ in Detroit. Her name was Martha Jean something, and they called her Martha Jean the Queen. Mm -hmm. You can look her up, but she owned that station. So at 4 o'clock every day on that station, they would switch off the gospel and a DJ named Jay Butler would go out to the different bars in Detroit mm -hmm. and spin records live for happy hour and broadcast from there. Oh, right, so right. I would hear him from the playing at the Purple Passion Lounge and the such and such and so and so while I'm driving around. And what he played was Malico blues, Malico R&B, Bobby Bland, ZZ Hill, Johnny Taylor, Lattimore, is, All those guys, Bobby that, Bobby Rush. Is that the guy that does the Saturday night show on yes, WDET? Yes, he's okay. pretty old now. I used so to he's listen to the that. one who yeah. turned me on, really, right to on. blues music. Because mm -hmm. at this time, you know, I'm up into my 30s. And, you know, like I'm thinking being a, a hard rocker. Because I was like you, see, I was mm -hmm. a front man. Mm -hmm. You know, I was a dynamic, out-of-this-world front man when right. I was young and could pull it off. Right. I was never really that great a singer or right. a player, but mm -hmm. I was a good front man. Yeah. But getting older, you know, you can only be like, you know, well, I was going to say right. I was the Mick Jagger Hamilton, Ohio. I thought, well, you got to stop <laughs> doing that by the time you're 40, but he's still doing it at 80. Right. But, but when I heard blues right, music. He started it. <laughs> yeah. But he was the one that inspired me. He was my hero. Jagger was my guy. When right. I saw him on television, I mm -hmm. said, I'm supposed to be doing what he's doing. I saw him, Ed Sullivan. But anyway, so I started listening to Jay Butler every day and listening to these guys. And that's where I found my niche in that. Mm -hmm. That's when I started listening to and playing blues and soul R&B exclusively with a little jazz or country thrown in. Right on. And that's when I started working more on playing harmonica. I had learned to play harp just a little bit like Jagger and Brian Jones did a little bit on their rock records, mm -hmm. but I never put too much into it. Right. So at that point, I started hearing more harp players so I started working a little harder trying to get better at that. And so that's the direction that I started going in probably in the mid-80s. So oh, okay. oh, hell, yeah. that's almost 40 years ago. And you've, you've also become kind of like a blues historian. You kind of dive, dove into the history of blues a bit. You've, you've told me stories about certain songs and, and musicians yeah, I kind of learned it backwards, you know, like mm -hmm. because I started out with rock and pop and rock and roll music without right. even knowing its roots. Right. And then later I Whoa. Later I learned about the roots. We have and, a casualty. And and you know, found out it was sort of what I wanted to do for the long Hold time. Hold on a second. So you're saying that uh, <laughs> you went backwards I learned the blues backwards. And, 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 and I, I think most, most white kids in, yeah, in America yeah, did because yeah. they heard it from the British invasion because they were doing all them blues songs. And, Rolling and see, Stones, their you first didn't album. Have, you didn't you know? have that kind of music available to you. Like right. radio stations around us weren't playing that. Right. Down south they did. Now something you will notice is that there are a whole lot of good guitar players that come good blues guitar players that come from Texas who are great white blues guys. And guys like Billy Gibbons and the Vaughn brothers and Anson Thunderbird 
and Freddie King, and the list goes on and on. Well, not Freddie King, but it's mostly Smoking Joe Quebec. You know, Love like Freddie lo- King, though. He's like, probably but, one but, of my but, favorites. But that, that's not part of the point I'm making. I shouldn't have got off there because I'm talking <laughs> about white guys who can play the blues. Right, right, right. And I always wonder why that was. Delbert McClinton is one of my favorite guys from yeah, Texas. Yeah. So I heard him talking on the radio one day, and I heard Billy Gibbons talking about the same thing is that down there where they were in Texas, they would build these crystal radio sets, and there were Mexican stations just across the border that did play black blues. And they could hear that stuff when they were kids, Mm -hmm. whereas we couldn't hear that anywhere. There was Mm -hmm. nowhere on the radio you would hear that. There was no record store selling Muddy Waters, nothing like that. So they heard it and learned it when they were young, and I think that's why there were so many of them. Right. Yeah, you know, I think it was so uh, so ironic that you know, the people would ask, "Where where does this music come from?" And they're like, "It comes from here." What are you talking about? You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what? What? Yeah. So yeah, so but they see, were we really they were really popular with the kids in England because yeah, see, you know, they was, knew their a, rock and roll and blues yeah. better, better than we did, right? And that's how Lennon and McCartney started to write, and they yeah. just then gave us back their own version. Yeah, you know? you're right, right. But, but all those guys would come over to England and play a lot. The blues players do. Right on. So I started to write my musical autobiography some years ago, which is not finished, but the title of it, regarding what we we're just talking about, is called "From the Beatles to the Blues." Uh-huh. <clears throat> my life in music because I went from the Beatles and then went backward to the blues. You right, know? right. Interestingly yeah. enough. <laughs> nice. And people know more about it now. It's mm-hmm. more widespread now. People know more. And you know, you get anything on the internet now and so on and so on, any kind of radio, whatever you want. But uh, once I learned about it, then I started digging into it. You know, I started listening to Muddy Waters and and all the old guys that I could find. And the mm-hmm. harp players, you know, that's why I started listening to the harp players. And my favorite guy was little Walter Jacobs, who was Muddy Waters' harp player. And then there was Sonny Boy Williamson also in those cases. Actually, there are two Sonny Boy Williamsons. Mm-hmm. And then there was Big Walter Horton <clears throat> and somebody else in that sort of group of harp players in the late 40s maybe right. that came up to Chicago and started playing amplified harp through a microphone. Mm-hmm. And um, what they would do is just, they would, that's before you had hard mics. So they would get a tape recorder, an old real, real tape recorder, clip off the microphone from that, wire it onto a speaker jack, and plug it into an amp and play harmonica through it. And oh, that's okay. how they developed that style that, of blues harp to get yeah. that distortion. Nice, yeah. And, and people always, now hard players are always trying to get the right combination of microphone and amp to get the best sound, right, you know. And I've right. tried so many different things. And they play? asked Walter Jacobs one time, well, what kind of setup did you use all those years? Well, he didn't live long, but when he was still alive, you know, what do you use? What's your favorite setup? What do you? And he said, I just play whatever they got when I get there. <laughs> right. So whatever system they had in the house, that's yeah. what he'd use, and right. he could make it all sound good because it was him more than the equipment. Did, but the equipment does, does make a difference, you yeah. know. Did you ever try putting a piece of cellophane in there in the microphone no, or something? Not that. I heard something about that that makes it. Oh, uh, I never tried that. Yeah. That's one I never heard before. Yeah. You know, I've used all different mics and, and all different stuff. I've got, you know, something I like pretty well now. It's mm-hmm. a stage three amp, a little mm-hmm. white one, a little mm-hmm. tube amp. Right. And that sounds pretty yeah. good um, now. But, you know, I've. 
look to look to live for. And I still don't have the sound that I want. You know. Do you know you, who Bruce Maley is? Who is it? Bruce Maley. I don't think so. He's a local guy. He plays harmonica. In uh, I've been following his progression of of his playing. When when I first met him, he went up there and played, and you know he was he was good. You know he was average. But now, I've, I, over the years, I've watched him progressively get better, and he's just he's just really passionate about it, and he's just he gets better and better and better. And he's it's really the kind amazing. of instrument you know that. Well, I've always figured nobody can teach your harmonica. You kind of got to teach yourself. Mm -hmm. But there are people who give harp lessons. Right. I don't really know how they teach it. I don't right. know. But I never took any musical lessons anyway. But I I play harp a little bit. Yeah. I can I can I can blow. Pretty, yeah, I've heard you play. Something. I can blow pretty okay. Um, <clears throat> I I struggle on the high notes like everybody does, right? Because it's backwards from the from the. So it's blow, blow, yeah, suck, it's, blow, it's suck, to, and to then get you get a up to the, work. and you get up to the top, and it's yeah. the opposite. Yeah, yeah. So, I've heard a few it, guys, you know, who could do that some, yeah. but it's always kind of a strain. Yeah, you know, because you're doing something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't try really anymore to play too much of a melodic solo up high. Mm -hmm. If I want to go up high, I'll get up near the end. And, and I'll Just, blow through it and flick my tongue like, yeah, brrr, right. like that. Give a little and then I'll slide up to the very highest note and hit that high octave. Just for an accent. Right. And just, then go back where I right, was. Right, just for an accent. Because I've never been able to really right. get a good playing right. technique down right. there. I try to use it a little bit that way. Yeah. But whenever I try to play something good up there, it sounds funny. <laughs> How about Magic Dig? He can play all Oh, them. yeah. He can play oh, yeah. all them notes. Oh, all, <laughs> He's or, amazing. Uh, Rick Estrin is a real good living yeah, hard player. Yeah, he's, he's super. Is that the traveling, uh, <clears throat> not traveling, um, blues traveler guy? Uh, well, you know, that guy, John Popper. Um, oh, is that his name? That guy, I haven't seen him in years. Yeah. I don't even know if they're still around. But uh -huh. when I saw him, you know, years ago, he was technically very, very good. I mean, yeah. he was much more of a technically good hard player than yeah. I am. He really was precise and he, he knew what he was doing. But... He played an awful lot of notes. I know. I, I was just going to say that. As soon as you, you, yeah, I was going to. And you know, it. like any soloist, guitar, yeah. harp, yeah. saxophone, piano, one thing that you learn as you mature is that you need to leave space between yeah. your notes. Yeah. You don't want to be playing constantly. You want to leave some empty space so the note can sink in. Sure. And then give them another one. Right. So usually, younger, more immature players will play a lot. Right. Boy, I'm cool, you know. Right. But if you listen to a more seasoned player, he might just play two or three notes, yeah. and that's all you need. So the, uh, the John Popper played a lot. And I saw they had a thing on David Letterman one night with a bunch of people together, Paul Schaefer, and B.B. King was singing and playing, and mm -hmm. some uh, Edgar Winter, and John Popper was playing harp. So BB's doing kind of a slow blues song, just sort of a mellow thing, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then it comes to the hard part. So they throw it to Popper, and he started just playing like, wow, 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 walking all over it. And BB yeah. looked over at him like, just looked at him, <laughs> and then looked back, <laughs> just waiting for him to get finished. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, you want you want to play a tune? You want to try and play a tune? Yeah, sure. See how it goes? Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, all so right. We're gonna play a recorded tune first or a live tune first. Uh, live tune. All right, okay. Uh -huh. All right, you're listening, Radio Americana. We'll be back. 
And uh, Billy's going to play some tunes live here at the Radio Americana Studios. <coughs> All right. We're, we're rolling. Okay, so this is a song. It's not one of mine. Uh, it's a song, a uh, Bobby Bland song. And this is one that I used to hear on Jay Butler's blues shows on WQBH back in the mid-'80s when I first started listening to the blues. So uh, it's a song. It's on my Merseyside Rebecca CD, the one we did in 2019. We did a cover of it on there. And we play it in every show. And it's called Members Only. Members only, it's a private party. You don't need no money to qualify. So don't bring your checkbook, bring your broken heart. It's members only tonight. Say you lost your woman. Say you lost your man You got a lot of problems Oh, in your life We'll throw away the party For the broken hearted It's members only tonight Go tell mother Go tell daddy Red or yellow, black or white Throw away the party for the sad or lonely It's members only tonight Members only, it's a private party You don't need no money, yeah Qualified Don't bring your checkbook Bring your broken heart It's members only tonight It's members only tonight It's members only tonight It's members only tonight. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Don't rush the stage. Yeah, stay over there, Ron. <laughs> well, that's a nice tune. There was as a Bobby Blue band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that he wrote it. I don't know if he was much of a writer, but it, writer. that's all out of that Malico. People who don't know about Malico is a, a label down in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, who for many years recorded all of the artists that used to play what they call the Chitlin Circuit. Mm-hmm. And this was back when there was segregation, you know, in a lot of clubs. So there was a circuit of clubs or theaters 
in, in relatively large towns that were generally had black acts and black audiences, and they called it the Chitlin Circuit, and all yeah. those old guys. I heard from, Buddy Guy talking about that. That's yeah. what that's where they played, you know. Yeah. And if you go from town to town, like now, just lately, there's sort of a renaissance. Like there's one down in Austin when I lived there. I can't remember the name, but it was over in East Austin. But it was like on the Chitlin Circuit, and now you know they're starting to come back to life. And every town pretty much has them. I'm sure mm-hmm. in Detroit you probably mm-hmm. have one or more than one. Yeah. They, uh, so all those guys that were on Malico were sort of that kind of an act, you know. Just, right. It's like, you know, it's not straight ahead blues. It's usually kind of soulful, R&B, bluesy R&B-ish, danceable, you know. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and like we said before, guys like ZZ Hill, Bobby Rush, Bobby Bland, Lattimore, uh, Denise LaSalle, Lynn White, you know. Mm-hmm. All real good stuff, great stuff. ZZ Hill especially. Okay. What about, uh, so... What about some country? What what kind of country? Well, now, when I was a kid, see, I grew up in Hamilton, Ohio, which is between Cincinnati and Dayton. And Hamilton is, uh, is a town with a lot of Appalachian influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, people moved up from the mountains of Kentucky when the coal mine started to close down to go to work in the car factories, just as they came up to Detroit. But some didn't come that far, right? So uh, there has always been a lot of country influence around where I'm from. Mm-hmm. So as kids, you know, discovering rock and roll, we sort of turned our backs on country. Right. That was something people's parents listened to. Yep. It wasn't cool. Right. But it was all around us. Mm-hmm. And this was, of course, in the days of real country. This is George Jones and Merle Haggard. Sure. And, you know, for a little while, Hank Williams. And all those guys were on the radio, and you would hear it. And when you go into the bars, you would hear it. Mm-hmm. And so I always heard country, although I had no interest in it. Years later, now today, I love good country. Right. I found country has a soul of its own. It's got its own kind of soul, but it's got to be real. It's like the Ralph Stanley said that uh, he and the Carter family brought it down from the mountains mm-hmm. and made it magic, you know. Mm-hmm. And... A lot of those guys have died off now, but people like George Jones and those guys, I just saw a movie about him. Uh, that's real good stuff. So I love those guys. I love George Jones, right. Merle Haggard, Hank Williams, you know. And we do, in my show, we do a, a couple of country songs. You know, we do, um, we do uh, Trashy Women, oh, Confederate yeah. Railroad, and yeah, Tom yeah. T. Hall, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we do Third Rate Romance. Mm-hmm. By um, the amazing Rhythm Aces, you know that one? No, I don't. No. You want to play a little bit of it? Sure, go ahead. Uh, so we're talking about the song uh, Third Rate Romance," low rent rendezvous," and I usually play this in my show. And since Bob hasn't heard it, I wasn't planning on it, but we'll give it a go. It's kind of a country cha-cha. When I introduce it, I usually say it's about life in the low lane. And some of us, you know, can relate to that, and right. others like me wish we could get back there. Right. <laughs> Sitting at a tiny table in a ritzy restaurant, she was staring at her coffee cup. He was trying to keep his courage up, applying love. The town was small when they talked it out. They knew 
what they wanted There was no need to talk about it They was old enough to scope it out And keep it loose She said, you don't look like my type But I guess you'll do Third rate romance, low rate rendezvous He said, I'll even tell you that I love you if you want me to <laughs> Third rate romance, low rate rendezvous Well, they left the bar, they got in his car and they drove away Drove to the family inn She didn't even have to pretend She didn't know what for Then he went to the desk To make his request She waited outside oh, He came back with the key oh, She said, give it to me I'll unlock the door She said, I've never really done this kind of thing before, have you? Third rate romance, low rent rendezvous. He said, yes I have, but only a time or two. Third rate romance, low rent rendezvous. Third rate romance, low rent rendezvous. Third rate romance, low rent rendezvous. <laughs> I think I have heard that song before. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Amazing Rhythm Aces, and I think Sammy Kershaw covered it later than mm -hmm. that. But so anyway, like once I, you know, really appreciated country, then I found that it's pretty easy for me to do because I grew up with it around me. I right. never played it when I was a kid. Right. But now I like to do some country songs yeah, yeah. and it comes pretty naturally to I, me because I've got it in me. I just always denied it. You know, I grew up around all that music and I, I hated it. My mom listened to it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. Later, later in life, it, it grew on me. Like when, say, when uh, Hank Jr. was popular back in the eighties. Yeah. So that's kind of when I started listening to other country. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I loved but, him, and a lot of those guys. From but that there was time. a lot of stuff that I didn't like from that time either. Is like because it. Well, you know, all, that that's when we started that... to transition toward the pop country of yes, today. It was, and there was yeah. sort of a point where it was still valid and authentic, yep. and then it wasn't anymore. Yep. Yep. Yep, um, but I always liked um, I always liked Johnny Cash, and I always liked Chris Christopherson. Yeah, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah. Even yeah. as a little kid, and there's so. guys like um, Tom T. Hall, and uh, oh, who's the one guy? Oh, and, and I liked the Trucker songs too. Yeah, the yeah. Giddy up, go, Daddy. Are you familiar with that one? I think. What is Tom, it now? Giddy up, go, Daddy. I don't think so. Um, Who is it? I think it's Tom T. Hall. I don't know. Maybe it is. One of I those, can't say I know all of his stuff. Yeah. David Allen Coe. Yeah, you know. I never really cared much for him. I mean, honestly, I don't. Uh, Just some, you know, we already got Merle Haggard. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, 
and we, especially like when we were young hippies, and, and he was doing proud to be an Okie from Muskogee. You know, yeah. we thought that was like yeah. antithetic to everything we were. He, but then I've heard it said lately that maybe that was a satirical he, song. He didn't he was, even mean it. <laughs> yeah, he was being sarcastic. Yeah, and uh, Chris Christopherson said something on his live album about about Merle Haggard. He's like, yeah, Merle Haggard's a good dude. He's just he just happened to write one of the worst songs ever or some I'm paraphrasing he was talking yeah. about Okie from Muskokie yeah but uh he, he was just he was just busting balls but <laughs> yeah 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 but he did a lot of cool stuff um I saw a documentary on him still a little bit before he died but I never saw him live uh I did see George Jones before he died a couple years before in Missouri uh and he, he didn't really quite have his voice as he used to, but he could still hit that that real low kind of a sob that, right. that would just make your hair stand up on it. And people loved him. They just loved him. You know? Who do you like uh, that sings country today? Anybody? Anybody Modern contemporary? People, um, well, let me think. Dwight Yoakam? I always loved him. Yeah, we yeah. do. Uh, He's another one from the we 80s. We do one of his songs. We do uh, As Fast As You. Yeah. Uh, him... Let me think now. Who else? Uh, Have you ever heard of uh, Wayne Hancock? You know who Wayne Hancock is. Wayne, I don't think so. No. Wayne the Train Hancock. He's a. He's a. He sounds more like Hank Williams than Hank Williams yeah, sound like yeah, Hank Williams. He's really I, I good. Think, I think I, Chris Stapleton I, is good. And I got know? I got to open up for Wayne Hancock one time. So that and was, then who else was I just thinking of? Uh, Stapleton's cool. Um, he's kind of more bluesy. Though, oh, would you, you know? would you a song by Hayes Carl? Hayes Carl, love him. Would you see Left yeah. Me for Jesus? Uh, Chris Knight. Do you know who Chris Knight is? Not off the top of my head. Or Jason Isbell. Yeah, I know who he Jason is. Jason yeah. Isbell. Yeah. And he came from the band Drive-By Truckers. So Drive, I remember them. Drive-By Truckers were like a southern rock band. Yeah, but I remember them. The thing I liked about them is they will have total hillbilly sounding song, and then the very next song will be like tuned down loud guitars, yeah, and yeah. very intelligent yeah. uh, lyrics. So I really, really liked them a lot. Yeah, they were. I think they were around for a long time, weren't they? The drive-by truckers for years. I thought. Yeah, they were all through the '90s and in the into the 2000s. They're still around. No. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, they were. They were more popular back then. So, um, Asleep at the Wheel, sort of a country-ish yeah. band. Yeah. And then they're, they're contemporary, right? Yeah. And then I'm not too... Uh, yeah, I haven't heard much of them lately. But, uh, you know, the old... Well, like with, with all music, most of what I know is old. You know, right. I don't keep track too much of anything that's gone on since 1990, really. If, if we're... <laughs> playing a cover song if it's not an original song we're playing a cover song it's likely to be from the 50s or 60s mm -hmm, mm -hmm. occasionally maybe later right, right. like we do um elvin bishop's oh, fool around fell in love yeah. you know which probably was in the 70s mm -hmm. you know that's like a newer song for us <laughs> right oh we were talking about all the classics we didn't say anything about willie or well uh willie or whalen yeah yeah so i've seen them both so they were great um, but a contemporary one is one I can't stand is Florida Georgia Line. 
You know, yeah, I know of them. I, I've right. never listened my, to anything. My uh, my friend Billy uh, Bobby Black, rest in peace. Yeah, he once made a joke there on stage, and somebody mentioned something about Florida Georgia Line. He said, "Florida Georgia Line." Didn't we stop and take a piss there once? Right. They, they've got that on Facebook, actually. Yeah. A little picture of that. Yeah, yeah that's Bobby that. Black. Yeah, I love, I love Bobby. I loved him. Yeah, he, was, yeah, he was a character. Yeah, he was. He, he was. But he really did say that. Is yeah, he, we'd always sit in together whenever I saw him. We usually do third-rate romance and oh, some right stuff on. like that. Yeah. 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 Good dude. Yeah. He played on my CD, my last CD. That yeah, I, I think you told me that yeah. when you were making it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was always trying to get him to do something, but he was always too busy. You mm-hmm. know, he was always doing something. Yeah, I tried a couple times to get him to do something too. He goes, "Man, I'm playing with like five bands." Uh-huh. <laughs> he was he was playing m- mostly with uh, Kenny Kens. Well, you know, he's one of the few people who's just playing music and nothing else. Yeah. Right. So you know, if you're doing that, you've got to keep as busy as you can because yeah. you know you can't make much of a living from music. Right. Very rarely today can anybody. Right. You know? Yeah. I've never tried to. Sad I've always been true. a teacher my whole life. Oh, have you? I didn't know you were a teacher. Yeah, I teach English as a second language. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, English I've been doing that for decades. I never would try to make a living at music. Mm-hmm. Huh. Even I, if I were better than I am, I still wouldn't be trying to. Right, right. It's funny that you that you say that. I know this guy, uh, what was his name? Um, I can't think of his name. But he's a young guy. But every other word out of his mouth is the F word. Oh, yeah. And but he, yeah, Dom, yeah, Dom, and uh, so he told me he was moving away because he got a job teaching English to non-English speaking uh, business people. I've done it, and I just, but I cracked up because yeah, I can just. All, this, gonna be, all the students are going to be yeah, saying the F yeah, word. Yeah, there's going to be a bunch of foul mouth business people. <laughs> Because they will pick up from their teacher. See, and you know, the thing is, you have sort of a generation of younger people who sort of just use that word for anything. Right. You know, anything and everything. So it sort of loses its power. You know, if you overuse it, it has no power anymore. Thank you. That's what I always say. That's what I always told my kids, too. I said, if you just, if you use that word all the time, it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. You just sound stupid. Or, you know, there's a place for strong language. Yeah. There's a place for a yeah. curse word here and there. Yeah. But if you're constantly using it, now yeah. it's just like saying and, but, or. It right. means nothing. It has no power. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You're, you're the first person I ever heard say that. You know, because uh, yeah, I used yeah. to say that all the time. If you use I, it all the time, usually, it doesn't mean anything I anymore. I say, you know, just... Save that word for when it's being done to you. Right, you know? <laughs> right. And, and my my general rule about using it here on the radio is that if you use it, you got to mean it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only occasionally, so <laughs> right. it's powerful. Right. Because otherwise, it just yeah. becomes sort of you, you got to mean it. It just yeah. can't be a mantra. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Just like you know, some people, I myself, am guilty of this. Might say, "Well, you know this, and you know, and you know, oh, yeah, yeah. other little habits." Yeah. But today's habit seems to be the F word. Between every, if you got anything else to say, <laughs> say that. You know, right? <laughs> Try to get two or three in one sentence. Right, know? right. Let's uh, take a break for a moment and uh, visit the uh, facilities, and uh, we'll come back and chat some more. All right, we're back. You're listening, to Radio Americana, Detroit. I'm your host, Robert Lewis, and we're talking to Billy Hamilton. 
So um, what were we talking about when we came back? We were talking about country. Well, we were talking about yeah. about the country and sort yeah, of the yeah. mishmash of country. And I, like I said, I do mostly blues and soul stuff, but I do a little a bit of country, a few songs, and even a couple things are a little bit jazzy, yeah. you know. So, uh, so and, and, you know, places where we play, a lot of people like to hear some country. Right on. Um, years ago in my hometown, right at the edge of Hamilton, Ohio, there was a, another town called Fairfield. And there were there was a big Fisher body plant there, where a lot of people worked. So these two bars had opened up to serve the uh, the workers at the Fisher body plant. One was called the Hideaway Lounge, and one was called the Chevy Bar. And of course, a lot of those guys were country music listeners because they come up from Kentucky, which right. is just down the road. So uh, these places had live music. The well, the Hideaway did. Chevy Bar was smaller. And uh, the hideaway was bigger, and he had music in there like Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. So we used to play in there sometimes. Now, he had different kinds of bands. Sometimes he'd have a country-ish band, but he also had rock bands and different stuff. Mm -hmm. But the jukebox was largely country. Right. So we were going to play in there. It was a Friday night, and we went in like early to get set up. In the afternoon, it was happy hour, and a bunch of people from... Fisher Body were over there, and that's in the days when you go to the bar, cash your paycheck, and drink and carry on Friday night and this right. and that. So the place would be full, and they'd be blasting the country music on the jukebox. So we're getting set up, and when we want to do a little sound check, so we get them to turn off the jukebox, and we're playing something. And that band was sort of a variety pop rock band. You know, we played some Rolling Stones, we played some Bob Seger, we played a a variety of stuff, but we didn't play any country. Mm -hmm. So we start up when we play a little part of a song to get our sound, this and that. And we stop, and all of a sudden, some woman screams out from the back of the room, Don't y'all play any blank, blank country? <laughs> and my bass player, who was a real joker, said, No, sorry, man, we don't. You know, we don't play anything like that. She said, well, what are y'all, a bunch of queers? And she took a metal ashtray and sailed it across the room and almost hit the bass player in the head. <laughs> so we got out fast and came back that night. <laughs> it's funny. Um, uh, speaking of, you, you mentioned something about how all the guys come up from Kentucky to, to work in the auto plants. Um, did you know that Detroit at one time was the largest country uh audience and the no, biggest, not really. biggest country radio audience because of all the people that had come up yeah, from, yeah, from the south and yeah, worked no, in, I didn't know that yeah, though no, yeah. because we usually associate Detroit with Motown and soul music right. the big D remember the big D Ron the big D country country music you could but nobody can hear you <laughs> all right Oh, okay. So, you were going to play a blues tune? Yeah, uh, this is from the uh, Pay Some Money CD, uh, which came out about 2016. And it's just a blues song of mine, you know. It's, um, it's called Bad Man's Baby. I said I love the ground you walk on, baby. My pretty girl said that's too bad 
closer, but I love the ground you walk on. All she would say was, oh, that's too bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Said you know my former husband No about the babies that we had I said that's not my business baby I never made you love that man Was before I met you, baby. Never met you, love, 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 my hand. How you can take it for your husband? I know I'll never understand. Why didn't you? Listen to your mother, baby When you were just a teenage girl I wish you had Listen to your mother, baby When you were just a teenage girl You had to have your bad man's babies And get us trapped inside his world So that's Bad Man's Babies from the Pace of Money CD. Uh, 14 songs, two covers, and 12 originals. What's the name of it again? What's the name of the CD? Pace of Money. The Pace of Money. Pace of Money, which okay. is the title song. And those are all the songs that you sent me? Uh, yeah, you'll have, you have that. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, played, I played your song last week, uh, Fancy Man. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I played yeah. Fancy Man. So... How about if I play some of them right now? What, what what song would you like me to put on? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, the the title song from Pay Some Money we just talked about. I think you have that. You can play okay. that one if you we'll want to. We'll play that one. Yeah. Okay. So this is Pay Some Money yeah. by well, Billy Hamilton and the Lowriders. Yeah. 
the music for the years May seem like a good price to you But I was making this money In 72 you got to pay some money Then we play the blues You got to pay some money That was Pay Some Money by Billy Hamilton and the Lowriders. You wanted to say something about that song. Well, I lived down in Austin, Texas uh, in 2011 and 12 and played down there and had some pretty good bands. So I had a guitar player uh, named Randy Larkin. And uh, he used to write music sometimes, but didn't write lyrics. So he brought me a couple things that he'd written, and and that was one of them. He gave me that music, and I just wrote the lyrics to it, and then... uh, I didn't record it with him because I had moved back up here by that time. But uh, he, most of my stuff, I, I didn't have any co-writers, but he and I co-wrote that. Mm-hmm. So he wrote the music and I wrote the lyrics. You know, just about, you know, the story of, it's about people don't understand that playing music takes a lot of work. Right. 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 You know, I'm sure you've experienced they, the same thing. Yeah, You'll they have, think you just hey, show come up. come and play in our bar. Right. We can't pay you anything, right. but you can sell some merchandise and have free beer, and it'll be a good exposure right. for you. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. So, you know, they don't know if you go to play a three or four-hour job, you're probably looking at a seven to eight-hour day right. of hauling equipment, traveling, unloading sure. it, setting it up, playing three to four hours, tearing it down, packing it back up, taking it home, taking it out of the car. Right. You're working eight hours or more to put a halfway out of travel. They think you're just they showing want you up to play playing, for exposure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Why don't you serve up some beer, and we won't charge anything for it, but it'll give you good exposure for yeah. your beer. We'll give you some chicken so wings. So that's what it's about. And, and the fact that um, there was a line in there about it, the the price that you can get for playing music hasn't increased that much mm-hmm. in years. You right. know, 40 years ago in Cincinnati, Ohio, in, um, God, it's been, I guess maybe it's been close to 50. In the early 70s, in a five-piece band, we could get $150. That mm-hmm. was our standard price in 1972 mm-hmm. for a five-piece band and a bar. You get $150. At that time when I wrote that song in Austin, Texas, around 2012, which really truly is the live music capital of the world, there's mm-hmm. music everywhere on every corner, and for that reason the price is depressed, but today, 40, 50 years later, you can maybe get $250 hmm. for the same thing, yeah. and and have to fight to get that. So and in places like that where they have a lot of music, People are playing for free. You know, they'll go into a bar and play for the door, play for a percentage of the drinks, play for tips, you know, right. and and they don't get paid. So if a band can play, if a bar can get a band to play for free, why doesn't it pay me, you know? But some will pay, and we never played for free down there. But you play cheap. 
And, they, and that's also why they have open mics, too. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They can Which pay way? one guy and have all-night music. Right. Yeah, they can save a lot of money. Same yeah. way with karaoke. Right. They can pay a karaoke guy 100 bucks instead right. of paying a band three, four, five hundred bucks. Right. You know? Yeah. So uh, it's not to their advantage because no nobody, almost nobody, charges a cover charge anymore because mm-hmm. people don't want to pay it. Mm-hmm. So that means they have to make all their money off drinks. Well... If the guy's going to pay you $500, is he going to sell $500 more worth of beer mm-hmm. than he would if you weren't there? Because right. if not, he's losing money. You know, that's uh, a reality. Now, who do you think the burden falls on to draw people in? Should it be the bar owner if you have a good if you have a good establishment, people are going to come to your place and know that there's yeah, going to be yeah. a good band there. Yeah, and yeah, so the, that's kind of their burden a little bit. But it's also, you know, a band should have a have a somewhat of a following. The, the That's the favorite be, word of the bar owner. He's always going right. to say to you, well, do you guys have a following? Right. Now, you know. They can't be expected it, to pack the it's, place it's every time. It's good to have some people who like to follow you around. Yeah. Sure. But, but in this day and age, number one, depending on how large a radius you play in, mm-hmm. people don't drive very far from home and drink and drive home anymore like mm-hmm. they used to. Mm-hmm. used to be you didn't think any of them would get in a car and drive 50 miles and right. see a band and having drinks all night and drive back home. But now, no. Right. Right. So that means you sort of have to build up a following at every new place that you play, kind of. Mm-hmm. With some overlap a little bit, you know. So I think that, of course, the bars got to advertise and promote. And the bar has to do other things to bring people in and do its part, which some bar owners don't want to do. They want you to do all the promotion. And others do their part, and they do help you. It depends on the place. But the bar has a larger budget to promote and advertise. And today also, you know, we have social media, so we can promote a lot more online than we ever could before. I'm sure you've done it. We used to go around and staple flyers up on telephone poles, you know. You yep. come and see our band. We're playing down at the so-and-so. Yeah, back in the day. So yeah. it's easier in that way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the competition is huge because for every bar band job there is, there are a dozen, 25 bands trying to get that job. Right. And the bar is getting calls every day. Hey, how can we play in your bar? He doesn't even want to talk to people like you and me. Right. He doesn't even want to know about us, you know, unless for some reason he knows that you're good and you've done well for him. Or, you know, he's a friend of yours or you have some relationship. And, you know, it's hard to get work as a band leader. It's hard sure. to get because you're fighting and against especially, a whole bunch of stuff. And especially if you're an original band, too, because bar, oh, yeah. bar owners want, want you know, all cover bands. And it, it's so ironic in, in this town was built on original music, yeah. right? Like Motown records, you know, that was all original music, you know, and... And, yep, and yep. now it's like it's hard to find, you know, good places to play. Well, that's not true. There's a lot of good places to play original music. But well, you know, we've reverted a it, little bit in not, musical taste. Like when we were young, there was a, a music explosion in English language music right. from like yeah. the 50s, 60s, yep. 70s, even to the 80s. And the music that was popular and you heard mm-hmm. was good music. It was musically complex and interesting, and the lyrics got better and better. And it was really more of a, a of a legitimate or respectable genre of music than the early 50s pop, I Love mm-hmm. You Baby, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It got more serious. Right. And people's tastes got better 
like mm-hmm. ours did, I think. Right. But now today, I think it's gone backward again. That a lot of popular music young people listen well, to has it doesn't have I, musical I think, or lyrical integrity. I anymore. think the the invention of genres has divided people and made it hard for um, people to just come together. And because think about the sixties and. Everybody listened to everything, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you listen to soul music, you listen to the blues, you listen to rock and roll, and everybody came and listened to that. You know, it was all good. It was all cool. Mm-hmm. And now there's like now you have this section of type of music. You have rap here. You have rock and roll here, and well, it's and just so all many divided. More like there are so many more divisions now. There's right. stuff that I don't even know what it is. Right. People are so, that yeah. I don't even know what that music is. Yeah, you know? They got all these subgenres. But you know, sometimes, sometimes though, we will find younger people that come and listen to us and like the old music. Mm-hmm. So like, we never play like a night of all original music. We play a handful of originals, maybe six, eight. And the rest are cover songs, but we try to do cover songs that other people don't do. that are good old cover songs. Right. And they're all from the 50s right. and 60s and maybe 70s. But you'll have young people who like it, who are in there dancing, who dig it, you know. And that's yeah. always encouraging to see young people who like the old music. How about we play another song from the album? Which one do you want me to play now? Oh, uh, well, let's Something see. Something you want to talk about. Um, let's do uh, Fever which is not my song, but it's my cover of a song uh, that many people have done. It was you first recorded. Fever, that yep, one? Really? It was first recorded by Little Willie John in 1956 at King Records in my hometown of Cincinnati, Ohio. And he didn't like the song. He didn't want to do it. But he recorded it. And then famously, Peggy Lee made yeah, a very yeah. famous recording of it. And many people have done it. Sure. But that's my version. And... On uh, WRCJ-FM, which is a small station in Detroit, that plays classical and jazz, my friend Maxie Michaels plays this on her jazz show on Fridays sometimes. So it's our version of Fever. It's also on the Pay Some Money CD and uh, that we just played some from. All right. Well, we're going to listen to Fever by Billy Hamilton and the Lowriders. much I care When you put your arms around me I get feeling that's a Harlem band You get me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight Fever In the morning Fever all through the night Listen to me, baby Believe every word I say No one loves you the way I do 
I don't know how to love you my way You give me fever When you kiss me Fever when you hold me tight Fever In the morning Fever all through the night All right, that was Fever by Billy Hamilton and the Lowriders. What did you want? To, you wanted to say something so, about uh, that? So, as we said, that's a very old song, been done by many people, and she had another version of it. It's kind of a jazzy version. So, uh, it's interesting uh, the story of who played on it. Uh, I recorded that CD and the previous one, which is Campesino Blues, uh, in a home studio of a friend of mine who's a drummer. And his name is Lynn Long. He's been playing around there for years. So on that CD, on all those songs, including Fever, uh, he plays drums. And then he has two sons, one of whom is a keyboard player and one of whom is a guitar player. Mm -hmm. And they both started playing very young, and they were both really good at a young age. So uh, his older son, Jeff Long, is the piano player on that song. 
and which he does a great job on. And then the guitar player is his younger son, Tommy Long, okay. who's who's been playing guitar since he was three. His dad gave him a guitar when he was three years old. And the legend has it that Tommy looked at it on his, and was able to say on his third birthday, <laughs> this is not a Fender, because <laughs> he gave him a cheaper guitar. But Lynn always played music, you know, his whole life. His older brother played saxophone. Mm-hmm. So he, he started teaching him from three. Well, Tommy got to be good enough to play with people while he was in junior high school. Mm-hmm. So he would come and sit in with his dad's band at places where they let him come in. You know, he played with, we'd play a job with the Eagles or something. He could come in there and he would sit in and play with us when he was 13 or 14 and hold up, right? Mm-hmm. So he got better and better as he got older. He played for me on the previous CD, the Campesino Blues CD, when he was 17. He played all that. And then he did this one. In 2016, I'm going to say he's probably in his mid-20s. But he's a super guitar player. His brother's a super keyboard player. And their dad's a great drummer. And the, the bass player is an old friend of mine named Don Hacker from Cincinnati also, who's played with a lot of people. So uh, that's who played on this CD. Sort of a family band plus one. Right on. So we're coming to the end of our segment here uh, pretty quick. Why don't we... Uh when we play one more song, we'll we'll just play it out with the song. Sure. And uh, what song did you say to play? Um, well, it um, was, we could I think do, it was "Don't Waste Your Time." Was it? Yeah, we could do "Don't Waste Your Time." "Don't Waste Your Time" is is a little bit doo woppy. It has a little bit of a doo wop feeling to it. And I want to recognize there's a singer who sings on that with me, and she sings all the backup. On the Pace of Money CD, her name is Angela Combs. Okay. She's from Fairfield, Ohio, and she is just a knockout singer. She's real, real good. So she nice. makes the song and many of the others. Nice. Thanks so much for having me, Bob. It's been hey, great man. to be on your show. Thanks for coming by. Great Thanks guest. to everybody out there listening. I've never been on a podcast before, but uh, just in the time I've been sitting here, our live audience has tripled. Has increased by 200%. Yep. So that shows you. But you can hear them. They're going wild yeah, over there. Don't, don't rush the stage. <laughs> That's the peanut gallery over there. So anyway, this is a song called It Hurts. Uh, this also on the Pay Some Money CD with uh, Angela Combs on backup vocals. Is it It Hurts or is it I'm sorry, Don't Waste don't Your don't Time? Don't Waste Your Time. Mom don't said. Waste Your Time. That's the other one. All right. This is Don't Waste Your Time by Billy Hamilton and the Lowriders with special guest Angela Combs. Wait. 
time stick around i've got some more local music coming up in the second hour of the show here on radio americana detroit and that's rad it's intermission time folks so hurry 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 step right over to our refreshment center for the most extravagant array of refreshment goodies ever assembled under one roof enjoy breathtaking mouth-watering goodies everything from a snack to a delicious full meal at our refreshment center, you'll find a large variety of goodies to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, or your sweet tooth. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Visit our refreshment center now. You are listening to Radio Americana, Detroit. Due to a technical problem, Robert asked me to take over. I realize my voice is very irritating. I can hardly stand it myself, so this will be the only time I talk. But, please stick around, we have some great local music for you because that's what we do here on Radio Americana, Detroit, and that's rad. You're talking like a song from The Lion King. Stop that, it makes no sense. Or does it make perfect sense? What the... See, that's the type of... I'm gonna kick your ass. There's only one thing you need in life and to make, make you happy, and that is friends. That's all you need, is friends, and then you'll be happy. Right. So if you have friends, you, you'll be a happy, happy, happy person. You, you also need the food and clothes. <laughs> You need, you need food and clothes, and you need the friends and the food and clothes. Then you'll be a happy person. Okay. And, and a nice car. <laughs> so if you have your friends and the food and clothes and the nice car, this is all you need. You don't need anything else, except a home. <laughs> you need the home, a nice house, and when your friends come over to visit you, they might want to take a dip. So you need the pool. <laughs> so let's add this up. You need the friends, and the food and clothes, and the car, and the house with the pool. And a beautiful woman. Uh, <laughs> 
who have a nice body that make you the, uh, form, forming at the mouth. <laughs> and she will sit by the pool in the bathing suit. It's all, you don't need anything else. You need the friends, the food and the clothes, the car, the house with the pool, the beautiful woman that make the, the foam come out of the mouth. You know, as long as you have the, the house with the pool, the car, and the beautiful woman, the friends would only get in the way. Forget I said anything. I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Talking, they don't know where to go. Oh, so lonely, left out in the rain. How could so many faces all look the same? There's people knocking up on my door. They're lost in their eyes. I just can't take no more. Oh, so Left out in the rain How could so many faces All look the same All look the same
last train, get on the last train to town. Forget all your defects, there's no time for regrets now. You're caught in the backslide, trapped by the tide. Try to remember what you're hoping to find in this life. There's nowhere to run Then the last is falling down And the last is falling down And the last is
all the hardship and dread. You're looking for a hero, be one to yourself. You've given your sweat, you hurt like the rest. And you're mine, girl, you're fine. But there's no
The Lash.
I'm the last of my kind An incandescent life from another time Slow to turn on, it won't last long Sorta like this old song I'll be replaced by an LED 820 lumens like a new TV Find a man lowest home improvement Part of the next year's movement Energy efficient for decades to come By the time it grows dark I'll be gone I'm a dinosaur made of glass and tin Take me out, screw a new one in But for now, I'll light the way Brighten up your everyday If only for a short time Still my turn to shine I can chase away the night I'm the perfect reading light Whether it's an old newspaper Or an Elmore Leonard caper When I'm done reuse my glass and those tiny little wires of brass Can't do much with a broken filament When it's no longer radiant But for now, I'll light the way Brighten up your everyday If only for a short time It's still my turn to shine It's still my turn to shine Flickering for a little while I'm on my last mile Let me illuminate your smile Before I go out of style In the days before lamps We'd sit around the camps Look to the fire For all we desire Maybe that day will return when all we will burn is ourselves in the sun We'll let it light our way Brighten up our everyday hope For the rest of time It's our turn to shine We'll let it light our way Brighten up our everyday hope of time it's our turn to shine 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 Some things about me you should know 
There's some things I never want to show I never want to be the one to hide Not share what's broke inside But trust is key Sometimes things we see can't be unseen And sometimes people flaunt them when they're mean We never want to be the one to bleed So we hang on to our greed and push away We never want to be the one to cry Our fist thrust to the sky and think we win Well Things that I don't think are right, I see And don't tell me that I should close my eyes To this three-ring circus built on lies, I see No, don't tell me I see, I see
told me a bad to the bone You got a heart full of stone You'll leave me alone and blue When I looked through the window And saw you walk by With some other guy I nearly cried cause it's true Yeah, have a 
Bring you 
But every reason that I have to stay left long ago And I wasn't gonna leave today Now I'm putting down my tray Coffee and a cabernet Savignon Of night, been in line after line for a red eye flight. I lost a little time to the TSA, made it to the gate, but the flight's delayed. I one step closer, one step, something's gotta kill. Wasn't gonna drink today, no, no, no. But my designated driver say we're good to go. And I wasn't gonna drink today Let the wagon roll away I fell off and here I lay Both eyes closed Sliding off the road like an April fool On the backside of Boston running low on fuel I slid into the slot in the nick of time Couldn't find a credit card dollar or a dime I'm one step Closer, one step, something's gotta kill No, 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 one step Closer, one step, something's gotta kill Something's gotta give today Everybody's in my way I feel a little Marvin Gaye What's going on? I don't belong I'm one step closer, one step Something's gotta kill Cash one piece at a time I walk the line of one step closer One step, something's gotta kill No, 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 no One step closer, one step Something's gotta kill Wasn't gonna work today No, no, no Me, myself and Mary Jane We're laying low and I wasn't gonna work today Feeling like a refugee Wildflowers in my way I need to know Why'd Petty have to go? Something's gotta give No, 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 no One step closer, one step Something's gotta give No, 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 no One step Closer, one step, something's gotta kill No, 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 one step Closer, one step, something's gotta kill
just why Cause the news was all on Vegas One man killed 59 on the day Tom Petty died well, I hope you like the view from the room at the top of the world And before he came along I wasn't ready to lose Prince I'm still sad about Glenn Fry But nothing come deeper than the day Tom Petty died I hope you like the view from the room at the top of the world Hello, it's me again, sorry, but Robert asked me to say one last thing. He would like me to let you all know that he greatly appreciates everyone who is listening.
This takes him a lot of time and effort to produce these shows for little to no tangible return other than having some really cool, really talented, and really lovable friends, who have contributed their time and musical talents to make this happen. He would also like to thank Ron Carvonan for letting Robert use his basement every Friday as Radio Americana Detroit Studio. We all love you Ron. Okay, that is all for now. Catch us next time on Radio Americana Detroit. And that's rad.